to the official podcast of the Irish Association of Speech and Language Therapists, the IASLT in conversation. Today we are talking about student speech and language therapy placements in Ireland. We all know that practice experience is a requirement for qualifying and registering to practice as a speech and language therapist, and we've all benefit for, benefited from the practice placement opportunities provided to us during our own training. However, securing sufficient practice experience placements has always been challenging for universities, but in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, this highlighted the significant gaps there are and challenges to meet the required amount of hours for all of our students. Universities are still struggling to meet the needs of their students, but there are many clinicians out there who go above and beyond for their profession. Today, I'm joined by Kerry O'Grady, Practice Education Coordinator in University College Cork, and Fiona Ryan, a clinical specialist, speech and language therapist in Stammering, who works with both paediatric and adult clients and regularly takes students um, from all universities. And um, they're going to talk today about the issues that arise for student placements. So, Kerry, I might just start with you and maybe if you can maybe tell us a little bit about the challenges that are facing universities at the moment when it comes to student placements. Sure. Thanks very much, Kira. Um, yes, well, uh, I'm Kerry O'Grady and I'm Practice Education Coordinator for UCC. And I suppose more recently, the COVID, as you said, Kira, the, the COVID crisis has highlighted the gaps for us being able to source placements around around Ireland. It's we're, we're trying to get an equal opportunity for students to get a wide variety of placement experience. But obviously, because of staffing issues and logistical issues, it's been an extra struggle since COVID. And um, that means that a lot of students have had to postpone placements. We're still kind of mopping up from, from COVID two years ago. We still have you know third year students who are just about finishing their third year placements and they've had to cram their placements into one summer, which isn't ideal. You know, it's not that kind of co continuous um, feeding of information and experience. So, so that's an issue. And um, I think it's 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 we have to think about ways of uh, giving different experiences. Well, you're thinking, dare I say that phrase outside the box and looking at things like telepractice, incorporating that into a traditional um, on-site placement and maybe uh, emerge uh, new emerging roles placement or project placements, things like that. And, you know, we'd like to talk to our placement partners around how those ideas could be explored as well. You know, like getting different formats of uh, uh, placements for our students, not the traditional one-to-one -one placement on a site you know we're try also trying to encourage more paired placements well it it may sound like more work it actually works out uh, I think I think better for everyone involved because you know the practice educator doesn't have to be doesn't feel that they have to be with the student all the time if there's another student with with that student you can send them off to do things themselves and they can bounce ideas off each other rather than uh following the the practice educator around and kind of getting their information from them all the time so we're encouraging more paired placements in that in that respect and i suppose it's just just finding uh quality placements for students and that they get the experience of what is out there so they will be able to you know fill the the, the shortage of uh speech and language therapists on the ground you know that that is really well needed at the moment has been highlighted that you know all the staff shortages and the difficulty in, in recruitment and we have a an upcoming source coming on stream if we can only get them that that experience and that that 
you know that practicality on the ground and as you said Kira, uh educators on the ground so many of them have been wonderful and taking student upon student upon student constantly and you know just you know, giving them great experiences and we'd like to spread that around more to you know other people too to get you know more people involved and you know really relish taking students because they can be a help <laughs> you can get them to do stuff you 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 don't have time to do that's yeah. that's a, a, another thing yeah about being creative I think about how you mm, can get exactly. the most out of the students for yourself yeah. as well as them so yeah. Fiona I mean from your perspective why why should we be offering student placements I think there are multiple reasons um and I kind of break it into maybe three main areas I think the first is really clinically it's a huge benefit to us there's nothing like having to justify what you're doing and why you're doing it to a student. It, as one of the therapists here said, it really puts you on your A game. You were a very sharp student who said, but what's the evidence base for that? And I, I think that's something that's really important for all of us. Our professional learning is lifelong. Our commitment to evidence-based therapy is lifelong. And when you have a student on placement who is learning about things for the first time, they have, bring a fresh pair of eyes to it. It can also be great fun. People don't emphasize the fun part of having students sometimes. When funny things happen or they question you and you realize that actually maybe there is a better way. <laughs> maybe I'll just let the student figure that one out and tell me about it. But if you can learn something and explain it to a student, then you know you're learning how to explain it to a parent or a client. You know. And I, I think that's a very important thing for us that our learning just doesn't stop when we get our degree when, or when we get our doctor, whatever it is, we are continuously learning. And students are a very valuable part of that. So that's one aspect of it. And I think because it puts it up to us, it challenges us, definitely it challenges us clinically. Um, and I've never yet met a student who went on placement not wanting to do well or not wanting to learn no matter what they struggled with. And I think that's good for us to remember because we were once students too and somebody gave us opportunities. So it's a bit about paying back. And I've always felt that some of my greatest learning and my greatest mistakes were on my own placements. And I remember things from nearly 30 years ago. And I was in a position recently where my manager was retiring and I was asked to say something. I remembered being on placement with her in 1992. And um, obviously I specialize in stuttering. I'm very interested in stuttering. And it was the first time on placement I'd ever seen anybody work with anybody who stuttered. And what I remembered was not that she took out an assessment, though I was dying to see what she was going to do. She took out a piece of paper and she wrote a couple of words on it. And I, was, I didn't know whether I was disappointed or excited, but it was afterwards I realized that what Eleanor was trying to teach me was sometimes people come into us with difficulties or challenges or problems. Our job is to ask the right questions and then listen to what they tell us. And if I remember that nearly 30 years later, and I think when I have students on placement, that is something I try to get across to them. We don't have all the answers, but we're here to learn. And when you have a student on placement, you're continuously learning. The flip side, and where we really benefit is, I suppose, in learning how to work and supervise and engage with other staff members. And I'm always encouraging qualified therapists who are about, out about two or three years, maybe planning or thinking of going for senior interviews to take a student on placement. Because their awareness of a student's learn place on the learning cycle or 
how, you know, what challenges they're facing, whether they're stuck in reflection or in action or where they are will enable that therapist to become a better clinical supervisor down the line. And I think that's something, you know, so it's a direct benefit to us. And, and we also need to give back. We're here because somebody gave us placements. You know, and I think that's what we can't forget. I mean, there's lots of reasons and there's lots of excuses, but we're here because somebody gave us time. And I suppose some people can be a bit nervous about taking a student or kind of worried about what's involved. And maybe can, if, if both of you can maybe think about or let us know the kind of supports that are available throughout the country for clinicians who take students. I suppose from from a university point of view and certainly from from UCC's point of view, what we do is we assign a practice tutor to each student and each practice educator. And that's the kind of midpoint of contact. That's the link between the university and the placement site where the practice educator or the student can make contact with the tutor at any point in in the placement to ask any type of question about anything really. We encourage uh, practice educators if they have any question, no matter how small, or if they they notice something that's happening in the placement and think, oh, is that going to be an issue to get straight onto the phone or the email and make contact with the practice tutor, even if it's only for a sounding board and to discuss things with the tutor or myself, the practice educator, uh, practice education coordinator, if if that's the case. And I know uh, the other universities have similar uh, tutors and and PEC roles as well, that that support is is there on an ongoing basis, especially during a placement. And we also have um, CPD running around practice education specifically through the year, you know, mostly pre-placement so people have that training fresh in their minds before they take students and you know if you you watch your emails there's a few um uh, courses from UCC coming up plugging my own <laughs> CPD here coming up in September if you're interested just shoot me an email and I'll, I'll point you into the link and I know once again that other colleges will have their own uh, CPD up and running for their practice educators so it's worth even checking in with your your local PEC to see what's on 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 offer for practice tutor uh, practice educators and um, also I think the ISLT are a good uh to touch base with them because they're getting involved in the practice education and promoting it more and having resources up on their website. They've some really nice um, webcasts and podcasts like, like this one Kira, around uh, supporting students that we did during, during COVID, you know, rather than holding it in, in person, we had uh, zoom uh, conferences and discussions. So, and they're still up on, on the website and I would encourage anyone who's interested in, in taking students to have a look at those, uh, those um discussions as well thanks Kerry and Fiona did you find things useful there yeah absolutely I I certainly have benefited from linking in with the practice tutor and Kerry herself over the years or for different variety of different reasons and but what we do here in Wexford at a local level is we try and coordinate our student placements that maybe there's two students on site with two um maybe first time therapists taking their first students so that they're supported and if somebody's anxious about taking a student for the first time, what I often do is I will share that student placement with them so they don't have total responsibility on the first run out. And we encourage them to take the first years on placement because that's a lovely first exp- open experience to having a student on placement. I'll say, well, this year, take a first year. Next year, take a second year. And I'll also have a second year at the same time and we will coordinate. So they'll be doing joint activities and you can discuss it with me. 
because once somebody feels supported on taking their first students after that it's it's quite um a positive experience and um i certainly circulated kerry's recent email about training um for students because i think it, it, it's really a nice opportunity to link in with other therapists who take students and to problem solve but i certainly have found that that the whole idea of a practice tutor and having somebody to talk to as a sounding board midway is very, very useful. Particularly, you know, it's not so much about whether somebody's struggling, but whether what to do to bring them on to really, you know, to release their full potential. Yeah, yeah. And I think the four universities are working so much closer together now and we they all have the same assessment forms that you know what level to expect yeah. of each student. So that can be very helpful as well. And I suppose, I mean, Fiona, what kind of challenges have you faced, do you think, maybe with having taking a student and any any ideas for overcoming these kind of challenges? Well, the first one is really logistical. As I was saying to you earlier, we have a we have a beautiful new building about to open here. We're very excited, but there are no phone and internet lines. So it, it's a silly thing, but we're not going to be moving when we thought we were moving. Uh, so very often the big issue is where are we going to put them? Because we have a and that's sometimes it sounds counterintuitive but if you have two students it's easier than trying to put one one place you can actually have two working together maybe on a task so we have had to be very creative and that's been a, a logistical challenge and then what with covid and the pandemic and the lack of COVID for maternity leaves i might have people who would say i'm, I'm going to take students and we put in our offers and all of a sudden they're gone and we're scrambling to cover student placement because we didn't want to let a student and student placement down. So that, is, that has been quite stressful in the last year. And then the flip side of that is when you have a student who's struggling, either for personal reasons or for, you know, that they're struggling with the nature of the placement. And I think that's very hard. It's very hard because you want them to do well and you want them to learn as much as possible. And that has been, I suppose, the only thing that is truly stressful. You get over things like rooms, you get over things like staffing, but when there is a student who is struggling, and, and that is where I have blown up the phone lines to Clodagh or Curry or whoever, you know, in the past to just say, what can we do? What can we do to help? Yeah. You know? um, and the biggest demand, and I think this is a planning issue if you're taking a student, is time, because you want to give them the time and you need to take that time. Um, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, I'm really busy. But if you actually factor in the time to have those client discussions with the student, you will reap the benefit of it afterwards. So extra time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you've already both sort of talked about some top tips when it comes to student placements. Is there any other kind of tips or advice you'd give people who are thinking about dipping their toes in? Um, I suppose I, I suppose I would kind of promote the let them have a go aspect of placements what how whatever stage they're at and you know even I know therapists will kind of recoil in horror when I say this but even dysphagia they can do things that aren't going to be a danger to anyone even at, at, at a first year level they could observe an oromotor assessment they can try one on if it's a paired placement which we encourage uh their peer you know just you know something that won't uh ring alarm bells they can have a go you know get them to dip their toe in at the very mildest edge of things and yeah. let them see see what's going on you know as I say even from first year on I think that's that's important and and it's something we'd encourage and I think therapists themselves will get something out of that as well yeah. you know and kind of 
think of things they have, may, may not have thought of. As you said, Fiona, you know, a question might come. I think, do you know that I've never actually thought about that before and kind of think some people don't know that and need to ex explain that a little differently to first years or second years or, or whatever the stage of the student. Well, I think, I think and, and right. also sorry. let them have a go, let them have a go. Hmm. Hmm. You know, and sometimes we, we're, we're very, oh, we can't let them do this and we can't let them do that. But we all learned by some of the mistakes we made. Hmm. And there's really very little that they can do when you're present. And one of the things, it's about us letting go and letting them experience what it's like. One of my last students had, you know, I, I let her on her own for a session and she said it was amazing. It didn't all go right, Fiona. She said it didn't all go right, but it, you know, it's great. I wasn't being watched. She felt she really got into her own groove, and it was an amazing thing for her confidence that mm. I trusted her to have a go, and and nothing bad happened, you know. Yeah. And I, and she said that game didn't work, so we switched it. And, but she felt more relaxed because I wasn't there. I was in the room next door, but it, I I think sometimes we we forget that we you learn by your mistakes, yeah. and as you say, Kerry. So let them try, and like we, they need to do our motors. They need to do this. They can't be watching forever. And we need to let them have a go, experience it, have a bit of fun with it, you know, learn that way. And, you know, one of the questions I always ask students when they start a placement and they come in for their first meeting with me and I say, okay, what is it you're afraid of? What is it you don't know how to do, but you'd really like to know how to do? Because this is, you know, the first couple of days, and this is the time to tell me, I hate doing the deep. I hate scoring the deep. I don't like the staff. I'm afraid of transcription. I said, now is the time, because there is nothing we can't work on if you don't, if you can tell me about it. So we set a very personal goal because it's not always written down on their, their placements. But I said, you're afraid of something. There will always be something that they think, I can't do that. And if it's out there, we, we throw every opportunity at them. And I say in the first week, I expect there to be lots of mistakes, you know. And once I think you you say that to people, they go, okay, I really can't score that deep. How do you work out your percentage consonants or whatever? It, 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 it's about being very open that we all make mistakes, that we all don't know everything. And the day we think we know everything, it's when we're in real trouble. And I think if you can say that to a student, say it's okay, this is where you're to learn. So be honest, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. That's, so those are really interesting tips and ideas. And I think that that having a go is, is a really, is really powerful. I think what our profession, it's something that looks really easy on the outside when you're observing, but actually when it's your turn to do it, then you realize all the skills and how complicated it actually, it actually can be. So um, how can people find out a little bit more about maybe taking a student or ideas um, I think the first thing would be to contact your local PEC. So that would be Donna Quigley for Trinity, Laura Loftus for up in Galway, myself, Kerry in, in UCC. And uh, Pat Patricia Donnelly is now the, the PEC for University of Limerick. Mm -hmm. So they'd be good uh, first ports of call, I think, and for more specific about each university's programme. And then in a general sense, I would say maybe visit the ISLT website. They have a new practice education website being rolled out in the next week, I think, here, isn't it? And we also have a, a national call, which is basically the four universities getting together and sending out uh, requests for placements with, with the schedule for the year. So therapists can have a look and see what suits them in, in terms of their year schedule. 
and that 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 link should also be on the ISLT website and web page for practice education as well. Um, and the university's own website, you know, like go into the program for speech and language in each, in each university's website and they should have a practice education uh, website as well. But obviously the the main source of information would be uh, the practice education coordinator if people are looking for specifics about any particular site or uh, university's program. But there's there's quite a quite a bit of information out there. So please do look. That's great. Well, and I would encourage therapists who are really interested in talking to another therapist who's taken a student about their experiences of it. You know, and I think the more we talk positively about the benefits of taking students, both because, you know, the one thing we didn't say is that if you take a student, you then have access to library and courses and things that you mightn't have when you're qualified. And that's a real plus as well. You're also getting an opportunity to work with PECs and you always learn something. Um, from working with uh, other people and it, it, it broadens your experience so there's a lot of pluses to it so talking to other people about students and taking students is a, is a positive I think. And I think um, just what, what I found as well particularly uh, over Covid even if somebody has an idea oh you know I've only room or space and time to take a student for one day a week get onto your, your peck and just talk that out because, you know, this is an opportunity to, um, once again, that phrase, think outside the box and come up with different formats of placement that will work. So any ideas are more than welcome. Yes. And I think that's the way we need to go because one of the things we're talking of here, and I've spoken to you about this, Kerry, is that we run some online sessions for families, but that students can link into, log into that remotely. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. th and that's part of their learning as well. Yeah, 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 how things have changed. Well, I just want to thank you both very much for joining us today and sharing your experience and your expertise. Um, I want everybody to kind of look online and stay tuned to social media posts because you're going to see a lot from the ISLT about student placements. And, you know, with Back to College looming, we're all encouraging people to um, think about taking students again for the upcoming year. Um, you can listen to our other podcasts by following our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook or by searching IASLT in conversation on Spotify.